You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'm your real estate man reading the news. What are we talking about today? We're going back to the homeless issue, homelessness throughout tons of communities here in the greater Seattle area. And people are getting, they're at that point where you've had enough fires, enough 911 calls, enough propane tank explosions, shootings, all this stuff going on. And people are like, we got to do something. With City of Seattle's been in a homelessness crisis for how long? Five, six years where we've actually identified it. So prior to that, this has been a big issue as well. But we're finally getting to that point where we're like, oh, we, we got to do something. All right. So King County, what we're talking about today, King County announces new proposal to bring 500 homeless residents into shelter using federal stimulus funds. So we got that fed stimulus money, which is your money going out on all these programs. Now we're already spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on this issue without a lot of traction. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look, take a look and see what some of these proposed, you know, solutions are, see if any of them make sense. Is this a step in the right direction? Are we just pissing away more money? That's what we're talking about. Before we jump on in, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I'm a real estate guy and I read the news that reasonable people want to hear even though I can't say it, that's what we're doing. Embrace real estate newsman. That's a co- that's literally a comment somebody in YouTube left. Pretty funny. Let's get into it. In the Seattle Times article from Anna Patrick. She is the Project Homeless Engagement Editor. All right, at Seattle Times, King County Executive Dow Constantine announced a $100 million plan Thursday to bring at least 500 people in off the streets of Seattle by the end of the year. One of the most ambitious local plans in scale and timeline announced in a year of big promises to expand housing and shelter. If you're new here to the podcast, I cover this situation a lot. And why are we covering the homelessness on a real estate? I mean, this isn't exactly pumping up Seattle neighborhoods. Like this is the greatest home in the greatest neighborhood in the greatest state in the greatest city that you should buy. We're not really doing that, are we? We kind of do a a deep dive into other issues that are real, that are ongoing, that nobody else wants to cover. And why? Because, you know, they're kind of awkward. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not a good look for our parks. Whole bunch of tents. That's not good. Let's just ignore it and see if it goes away. That's what everybody else is doing not here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. To hit the large target on a short timeline, Constantine said that the county plans to use more than $100 million from the estimated $437 million it received in federal dollars through the recently passed American Rescue Plan. Every time we turn around, there is a $2 trillion federal pan, plan. Pan? Here's your pan of $2 trillion? No. Plan. Uh, every time we turn around, there's just an incredible amount of federal money being thrown out there at all these things. That's your money. That's my money. That's our generations to come money. Is this being spent wisely? I don't know. I just see all these numbers and I'm like, really? We're already spending how much and we're going to dump some more and we've already spent this amount for what we're getting now, which doesn't seem like it's doing anything Are we getting to the root causes of these solutions? I am by no means an expert in any of this, literally. Joe Rogan called himself a moron 
I'm a real estate guy. That's kind of what I know. Do I know a lot of the solutions or, you know, the, the, I know that kind of the general, generality of what kind of goes into a lot of the, you know, the money programs and, all right, we're putting up 300 rooms here. We're taking this money and we're going here with this. A lot of the government, you know, what they're trying to do. But it doesn't seem like anything is really working and the situation is just getting worse. So is dumping a bunch of money into it, is that the answer? I guess that's why we're kind of taking a little bit more of a breakdown here and kind of seeing, all right, you know, let's see if this pat musters the, uh, pass the, passes the, okay, does this make any sense test, right? All right. The money will fund tiny homes, large scale shelters, behavioral health services, and housing vouchers. An estimated 40 million of it will go to a jobs program to employ 400 people living in shelter or housing programs, as well as rental subsidies for people in shelter. What we've lacked over the last four years is a federal partner in our efforts. Okay, this comes from Dow Constantine. He's basically saying current the past administration was just not helpful. Therefore, that's why the millions and millions and millions of dollars that King County spent didn't really amount to much results. That's what Dow Constantine is saying. What we've lacked over the last four years is a federal partner in our efforts. Okay. All right. And he said, uh, standing in an empty bay at Seattle's Soto District, hundreds of feet away from the, one of the largest mass shelters in King County. We finally now have a Congress and a president who share our values and are willing to invest in solutions for our residents. In other words, just hand out money like we're just printing money. We're just printing money. Wait a minute. We are, aren't we? Whew. Pretty crazy. An influx of pandemic-related federal funds, influx, big, as well as growing frustration with the visible symptoms of homelessness, symptoms or byproducts. Symptoms of homelessness have spurred several large-scale proposals from local leaders in the past year. Last fall, Mayor Jenny Durkin announced a shelter surge intended to create 300 more hotel shelter beds and 125 units of more traditional shelter. In January, Seattle City Council member Andrew Lewis announced a private-public proposal to double the city's stock of tiny houses within a year. Both are still in the works. So all of this stuff is proposed and they're trying to figure out how to get it on the ground. It's these big government efforts that just take forever. And I think you will see some results. But when I drive around these areas of Seattle, I'm like, okay, we got 300 more beds going in. And this encampment alone has 50 tents with call it two average on average, two people a tent. I don't know. So a minimum of 50 to 100 people, something like that. And then you've got how many hundreds of encampments around the state? I think we're really underestimating our homeless population right now. I, I really do. And others out there may agree or disagree. Again, I am just a real estate guy, but that is my impression is like, okay, 300 more hotel shelter beds, that's a good start. But man, we've got so many people that are unhoused. How is this going to work? How is this? What are the mechanics? that are going to go into this to actually make a dent in our situation. And we've literally got people coming from all over the United States to Seattle because we've got good services here and we allow our unsheltered people, our unhoused people to just kind of set up shop wherever, do their thing. They know if you come to Seattle, 
you know, kind of get taken care of. Both are still in the works, those programs for the shelter surge and the private public proposal to double the city's stock of tiny homes. Doreen Webley was just one wall removed from Constantine's podium. She moved into the Soto shelter run by the Salvation Armley shortly after it opened in November of 2020 and is likely the kind of person King County officials hope to get into housing. Webley was homeless in Renton in Seattle before getting into shelter, where she's hung colored pictures of flowers on her temporary wall and a calendar to cross off the days. It's lonely being a woman living outside, she said. That's got to be hard. That's also got to be really dangerous. Elderly woman like this, tough go. And you don't, you just don't want to see people living out there. I mean, it's just, that's like somebody's grandma probably, right? Just kind of taking it on the streets. It's just oh, crazy. A lot of people are happy this is here, she said of the shelter, really relieved too. But the money for creating more shelter accommodations like Webley's has yet to be approved. At the end of March, the county announced a $600 million COVID-19 supplemental budget that includes $337 million from the $1.9 trillion Federal American Rescue Act, as well as $263 million in county, state, and FEMA funds. So much money. The Metropolitan King County Council could vote on the budget as soon as next week. Some organizations that are the most vocal about their concerns regarding people living outside quickly threw support behind the plan. That That is... That was kind of my initial reaction. Again, I don't know I don't know the details enough to be able to pick out, okay, this is doing this program, we're doing this here. This will probably work, this won't work. I kind of just see the broad strokes and that's a lot of what I read to you to be brutally honest. Um and I pick up things as I go. I understand more of these storylines now. But I kind of came into a lot of this as, wow, this is really rocking these neighborhoods. These neighborhoods, these residents are just, they're putting up with a lot. And the city isn't doing a jack other than rethinking and reimagining Lord knows what, because they're literally doing nothing. In, in the city's defense, they're following the CDC guidelines and they can't do sweeps of a lot of these encampments. But this has been going on way before the coronavirus pandemic, right? So these new resources will afford outreach teams like our own, more opportunities to get our unsheltered neighbors into housing and on a path to stability, said the Downtown Seattle Association. That is a coalition of businesses, a group of business leaders. Number of the guys there, if you're in Seattle business, you would you know those names and, and you'd be like, okay. So they're behind this. I think they I think they are like whatever you can do to get people into housing that helps out businesses from the standpoint of it is tough to operate businesses when you've got people lining the streets in tents. That's a tough look for a city. So these new resources will afford outreach teams like our own more opportunities to get our unsheltered neighbors into housing and on a path to stability, said the Downtown Seattle Association statement. That's a group, kind of a coalition of business owners. Business owners have a big stake in this because a lot of people say, ah, the homeless people, they're, they're just doing their own thing. They, they don't have any options. They're living there because that's where that's the only option they have. All right. But all the businesses that are being impacted by the homeless people lining the sidewalks, they've kind of gotten together and said, Hey, we need to address this issue as well. 
we got to get something going. So they're behind this plan. Compassion Seattle, a group behind the recent proposal to introduce homelessness targets in the city of Seattle's charter, they encourage the effort also. So we've got a couple of big groups that are basically going, okay, let's push this one through. Let's try and get something going. With a significantly larger budget, the city of Seattle should follow the county's lead and take similar action without claiming a lot of resources, especially with historic federal investments continuing to come to the area, the group said in a statement. The plan has also won the support of some advocates and people who work in homeless services. Allison Isinger, executive director of the Seattle King County Coalition on Homelessness, said she appreciates that the plan uses new funding sources for a long-standing problem. So we're not going to have the excuse of there's no money in the budget to cover this. My my thing is, is we have had money, have we just not had enough of it? Because it seems like we're already throwing millions and millions and millions of dollars at this problem. And it just gets worse. But then again, I don't know the ins and outs of the the intricacies of how much you read these stories about how much it costs to house one human, house one person, take one person out of, you know, off the streets and into housing. Man, it's just just incredibly expensive. And we're just spending millions and millions and millions of dollars. I just feel like we're throwing it at this problem and it's just not getting any better. But I'm willing to read this podcast and okay, if we're going to go down this road, let's take a shot at this too. I mean, it's only my, it's only our money, right? I mean, we're just cutting checks left and right, you know, of our future children's 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 money. I mean, that's literally, we're going in debt to cover this, right? It's saying we have to use American Rescue Plan resources to lift up the people who are in extreme need before the pandemic, she added. Well, th this has been an ongoing problem. There's no sweeping that under the rug. It's just that most people are like, well, yeah, it only happens in downtown or it only happens in these certain neighborhoods. It's happening in a lot of neighborhoods. And that's why I covered as much as I do, because this, this does impact real estate, whether you want to, you know, ignore it, or if you want to embrace it and go, okay, what can we do? That's kind of what we're talking about today is, all right, what are the plans on the table that are maybe going to help get some traction on this and turn this bad boy around. Dan Malone, Executive Director of Homeless Services Nonprofit Downtown Emergency Services Center. That's the big one that was in uh, the Seattle is Dying. It's in, in those kind of narratives by Como. Um, this guy said, Dan Malone said, he's glad to see these new federal dollars going toward homelessness. All right. Because it is, it is a big, big issue. I don't think we have a bigger problem in our area than homelessness and the vast suffering that is going on, Malone said. State Senator uh, Joe Nguyen, Nguyen Wen, a uh, Democrat from West Seattle who recently announced his candidacy for King County Executive, is the first person to challenge Constantine. He said that he hopes the county isn't too quick to celebrate. I get frustrated when people say, look at these great things we're going to do. And he's basically saying, hey, there's a lot of work to be done. Don't get excited right now. And right now, these are all basically just proposals. They're all proposals. But the, the ongoing theme that we are seeing is that we're having some major, major issues in our homeless camps. And then we're you know, doing notices, we're doing outreach by services, trying to get people into shelter. When that doesn't work, 
And then we basically post a three-day notice to vacate. Hey, the park's got to be cleared. And that's literally what's going on. And they, you know, somebody, you know, referred to it. And I kind of carry the same thing through. It's whack-a-mole, that game where you whack the mole down and it's whole, it pops up in its hole. And, you know, you whack more of them and you based on reaction. So it's just these homeless encampments, they just pop up. You know, when you clear Cal Anderson Park in Seattle, well, then it goes to Miller Park, and then it goes to another park further to the north, and then it goes to the east, and then, you know, just, it's whack-a-mole. It's, these things are just a moving target, and it's not really getting to the essence of the problem, which is helping, trying to get people off the streets permanently. And that's where throwing all this money at it, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Homelessness is one of the bigger problems. I also think drug addiction, opioid addiction is an enormous part of this kind of packaged up bundle of problems. And then you've got, you know, mental health, health care issues. You've got a lot of literally people who are not mentally sound running around on the streets doing drugs. And that's why these areas get so dangerous, because it's not people who are in their right minds making rational decisions. And that's what a lot of people, I think, who are tolerant of this stuff, they're just like, well, it's okay. I mean, they don't have too many other options. You're just kind of letting these people live their lights out, lives out on the street, lives out on the street. That's what you're doing. I guess I'm not okay with that. I'm more of the well, you need to get them off the street and into some kind of help because what's going on, they're basically just killing themselves on the street or they're just going to die out there. And that happens a lot too. I was watching uh, uh, German in Venice covering uh, the Skid Row issue. And the new story down there is that there are basically five people a day that die in Skid Row from either overdoses or you know, just natural causes because their bodies can't handle the pressure they're putting them on on them living the lifestyles that they do. Five people a day in, you know, LA's skid row don't live to see another day. How much of that could be avoided? I would I got to think some right. I mean, some people are just, you're just not going to be able to pull them out from this kind of lifestyle. It's just not going to happen. But I think, you know, you read so many stories of police officers, social workers, who've reached out to that same person 20 times, 30 times. And it just happens to be on that 31st time, time where they get through to somebody. And that person is able to make that switch around. And that's where I think you can't give up on people. But you also got to address the problem and just not hope it goes away. Ah, those homeless encampments, they're okay. They'll sort themselves out. No, because, you know, we're reading about, just did a podcast earlier today talking about, you know, double shooting and propane uh, explosion leading to tent fires. These are some real safety concerns that people in these surrounding encampments who are taxpaying citizens, they're like, what is up? We didn't sign up for this. When we read on our real estate flyer that it was adjacent to a park, we were thinking green grass, trees, swing sets, open area, place to walk the dog. We weren't necessarily thinking propane explosions resulting in tent fires, tents. Why are we talking about tents in the park? You know, and then let alone shootings. 
Why is there shootings at the park? Well, because you've got this stuff going on. So I think the more things that uh, the more options that we can investigate and, and these storylines are going on all across the United States right now, because we've, there's been such an explosion in the whole, you know, uh, population of homelessness, and how that impacts business and how that impacts real estate, how that impacts people who want to enjoy their parks, got ongoing stories about basically sports team, you got baseball season starting right now. It's May, May the 5th, may the 5th be with you. Always a funny one, right? No, it's May the 4th. Um, we're baseball season, beginning baseball season. Ba- baseball uh, season tryouts are right now for high schools. You got to play those play those games in a baseball field, baseball park. A lot of them are loaded up with tents. Little league, tough time. That's a no-do. That's a no-can-do um, for a lot of these sports programs. So that's why I think uh, coming out of the, you know, can't really sweep homeless encampments, you're starting to see some of more of this activity. And I think there's a real pressure uh, being put on government officials to actually do something beyond imagine reimagining and rethinking. So as these storylines continue, I will carry them for you right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right, this is kind of one of those ongoing stories. Um, and yeah, there's no end in sight, really. And yet I think there are some things happening that could provide some results. And we got to try something, got to do something, because you can't just let these people waste away in the streets. That's, that's where I'm at. And I know there's a lot of people out there helping. And I know there's a lot of people who are wanting to see these people get help. It's just a matter of what avenues is, are, is it going to take to kind of get some real help so these folks can kind of get a real handle on, all right, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to be doing. You can't fix everybody, but I think um, it's worth a shot. That's kind of where I'm at. But then again, I'm a real estate guy. I know, I know property values, this other stuff. Tough. It's tough. Real estate's really easy in comparison. Will that home sell for that price? Yes or no? Ah, yeah, probably. Okay, let's move on. This other stuff, it's so complex with so many intricate things with, you know, people and budgets and programs and politics and selling houses is easy. All right, that's it for me. Thanks so much for being here. Love to have you subscribe. Hit that notification bell because that's how you get notified when each of our podcasts come out, which right now is two a day, Monday through Friday, once a day on Saturday, once a day on Sunday, and then we do it all over again. All right, thanks again for being here. I will catch up with you guys soon. Till then, stay safe. We'll see you in just a little bit. Bye for now. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.